chapter one. The music pulsed like a living thing, crawling up and down the hallways, enticing all to enter the writhing, throbbing mass of Fay and forget themselves. Casey Pixies took a deep breath and slid through the cracked doors. The revel was in full swing, bodies intertwined on the dance floor, and some were already ensconced in the shadowy corners of the ballroom. The silken flutters of curtains masked the movement of lovers. Lust hung on the air alongside the powder and wine musk. The ribs of the mountain arched high overhead, great beams of living stone shaped by ancient fay to form this throne room to their queens. Bone lanterns hung from delicate copper chains swaying with the throbbing mass. It was pretty, but she was too tired to be here. Her arms ached from carrying books to and from their cages. Unfortunately, she hadn't been given a choice by the haughty lady demanding a servant's help. Casey stepped over a puddle of spilled wine, her work dress fluttering round her pointy knees. A hand on her shoulder made her tense, ready to fend off a too-eager, tall, high fay, the ones with their beauty and entitlement. But it was her cousin. "'You came!' Farrell yelled over the drums. "'I did,' Casey replied wearily. He was so far gone that his cat-slit pupils had almost eaten the irises. He snuck a glance at Iona off to one side, and Casey sighed. "'Just go ask her to dance!' Iona stood with her younger brother, their heads tipped close together, their brown furred faces streaked red from the lantern light. The two brownies were dressed the most conservatively of all the fae. Some of them barely wore scraps of cloth as they twisted in the revel's grip. Farrell shook his green hair, sipping wine and stealing one more lovelorn glance. Can't, he said. Ugh, get over yourself, Casey growled. She craned her neck, looking for her sister Connie, but with the lanterns flickering like fireflies and the band weaving their revel spell, it would might be nigh impossible to find her. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? She asked. She could say no. He was too drunk to dissemble. Too high on music and dancing and the touch of hundreds of fae to avoid the topic. He continued, and then I would know and it would be over. Casey shoved him. Stop it. He stumbled a few steps and then leaned closer. What? He was strong from wrangling the fairy hounds, despite having only an inch of coveted merit height over her. Well, look, whatever you think keeps you apart, it doesn't. Casey tried again to look for Connie. The music curled through her body with promises of forgetfulness and fun. She caught sight of a high fae female wearing a dress of living butterflies and shuddered. She'd tried that once, but the magic was expensive and the butterflies tickled everywhere. The music sunk into her bones deeper, luring her. She shook her head, not this week. Last week, she had danced until she puked. She didn't want to repeat. She caught sight of a familiar sprite. Was Ian back in the palace? She looked away before he saw her. They'd had a fling last year. It'd been fine, but she wasn't looking to take back up with him. Look, you don't understand, Farrell snapped, gesturing and spilling the rest of his wine. Love between pixies and brownies? He gave a giant forced laugh. It's, it's as ridiculous as with a high fae. She rolled her eyes. 
so dramatic. I mean, sure, with the high fae lords and ladies, you'd always be an uppity servant with bed rights. But brownies and pixies, we're lower fae. We have the same servant status and expectation. No, he snapped. Impossible. Taking a large gulp. I'll make you a deal, she tried, glancing over. No! His reply was instantaneous. He'd been on the bad end of her deals, and apparently even revel drunkenness wasn't enough to make him forget. The high fay, they dealt in favors and debts. Lower fay preferred deals. You couldn't understand. You've never been in love, Farrell slurred. She smiled. He'd never admitted it. So, so you're in love? He blanched. What? You, you're in love with Iona. That's even more of a reason to ask her. Ah, go, go jump in a bog, Farrell growled. I'm not near drunk enough to talk to you. She propelled him toward a table laden with delicacies and wine goblets. The queen's revels were the highlight of the palace phase weeks. Casey used to love them, but they'd started to sour. She couldn't put a finger on when exactly, but sometime in the last year, she'd realized that, yes, she loved to dance. And yes, the music was intoxicating, but she had too much to worry about to truly lose herself in a revel. Plus, it was the same fae the same bodies, the same high fay to avoid. If she wanted to be taken seriously, she couldn't make out one revel night with a lord and then expect him to treat her with respect the next. That wasn't how the palace worked, and she'd worked hard for her placement for something other than a simple maid's job. But her treacherous body started swaying, and she could all too easily picture herself dancing. She was only fay, after all. She finally spotted Connie and pushed through the sprites and pixies clumped together. She used her pixie pointy elbows to her advantage, trusting everyone was too high and lost to notice. Two sprites with outstretched wings hovered in midair and she slipped around them. She dragged Connie out, her sister protesting, even as her hands were still in the air, twining around themselves like mating fireflies. Connie, Casey leaned close. Connie, can you, can you hear me? Case? Connie slurred, her eyes having a hard time focusing on Casey. What? What, what is it? Lady Gita's tunic ripped. Can you fix it? Connie blinked, and her yellow cat-slit eyes finally focused on Casey. Can't, can't she fix it? She slurred. Apparently, it's a big cut on a delicate piece of embroidery. Casey sighed. This errand had nothing to do with her apprenticeship in the library, but she'd been the only lower fay in the hall, and Lady Gita's companion, the Lady Caddy, hadn't given her the choice. Typical high fay nonsense. Connie blinked rapidly and shook her head. Oh, stars above, she growled. Why me? Just lucky? Casey asked. Goddesses save me, Connie replied, running a hand through her green hair to untangle it. Where is she? She pulled out twigs and leaves. Uh, she's outside the high fay entrance with Lady Caddy and Lady Adar, Casey pointed. Uh, I'll go around, Connie said, taking a glance at the clump of high fay near their entrance. The lords and the ladies were waiting for Lady Gita's entrance. The heir to Underhill always arrived in style. And for the high fay, that was the start to the revel. 
which made the hour or so before Lady Gita arrived Casey's favorite hour. The hour where she didn't have to worry about who she was dancing with or where the high fae were or who she might offend when she didn't want to have an anonymous fling in the curtains. Anonymous flings definitely would not help her be taken seriously. Well, flings of any kind with any high fae. Her cousin had had one with Lady Gita herself two years ago, but the result was that she'd had to fend off advances from the other lords and ladies for months afterwards. Some thought the royal siblings could be the exception, but even for Lord Gilmore, Casey wouldn't. She tore her eyes away from the handsome high fae lord in question. Connie cracked her neck and then her knuckles, straightening her dress. <clears throat> okay, how do I look? Casey tucked a few strands of hair in and licked her finger, wiping off what was either powder or dust off Connie's chin. So she swept her eyes from the top of Connie's green head to her bare feet. Perfect. <sighs> thanks, Connie murmured. Now go dance. No thanks, Casey replied. You go fix the, hair, the heir's dress. Connie looked half thrilled and half terrified. I mean, it was a great opportunity for an apprentice seamstress to distinguish herself from the other seamstresses. Merit height. Well, that could follow from being favored by the heir. Casey followed her to the back doors, avoiding several sprites and pixies who reached out on instinct when they sensed another body. Then a hand grabbed her wrist and powerful magic swirled lazily against her skin. Connie continued on purposeful, but Casey turned with a sinking stomach. It was Lord Brizid, one of the High Fae. His eyes were half slit, and he looked so far gone that he might as well be under starlight and moonlight. He was handsome, all sharp planes to his face with his blonde hair pulled sharply back to emphasize his symmetry. Dance, he slurred, his thumb rubbing the inside of her wrist. No thanks. Casey replied, loud enough to be heard. Dance, he repeated, drawing closer. He was so tall, six feet, three inches of merit height. He towered over her five-foot frame, staring down with his pupils blown out, covering his eyes in inky darkness. His magic, it popped against her skin like champagne bubbles winding into her, and he wasn't even doing it on purpose. All high fae were like this, too powerful for their own good. No. Casey repeated. He drew closer. What? No! Casey shouted and wrenched her wrist out of his grip. Her secret fire boiled in her stomach and she forced it back before she accidentally caught fire to his hair or her dress. Her fire tended to react unpredictably when she was in danger or anxious. Lord Brizid stumbled backwards and turned in confusion and the crowd swallowed him eagerly. Casey hurried through the doors, her wrist stinging and her fire restless. She had to be careful, always careful. No one wanted to know a fire starter hid in their midst, wandered through their sacred halls, and had a place in the most powerful stronghold of Underhill, the library. Her wrist throbbed, and she looked at the pinkish mark. Frowning, she rubbed it as she hurried down Underhill's tunnel hallways to her family's quarters. The mountain's quartz veins pulsed in time to the low thrum of the drum echoing through the underground passages. She kept a sharp eye out for shadows gathering in any of the corners or for the whiff of rot that could accompany an undead fae. Her room was empty, welcoming. No fighting sisters, no one to scold her over the state of her hair or her dusty dress. She climbed into bed and yet could still feel the pulse of the drums in her. 
It was tempting to get back up and join in. It had been so long since she'd had a fling. Her body needed to move against someone else's. No, tomorrow morning, she had to be in the library early. She liked beating Jerry, the hobgoblin librarian there. She liked the feeling of the library unlocking at her touch of its welcome. She'd snagged the best-kept secret of Underhill, an apprenticeship with the librarian, and all because she'd reached for something no lower fae had ever thought to reach for. It was very un-pixie-like behavior, but Jerry had been willing to take the risk. And one day, the rest of Underhill would see that she had been worth it, even if this had come decades later than she would have preferred.